For everything you gain, you lose something. Gang, I had a dorky idea for this episode of Resistance. Yes. This episode of Resistance, we're covering... Though this episode comes out in 2020, this is the last piece of uh, Star Wars content of the decade. Well, we are also doing. Oh, you mean in terms of release release time? Right. Okay. This, yeah. This episode came out on December 29th, and so uh, I decided to go back. And before I watched this episode, I went and figured out what the first piece of Star Wars content of the 2010s was. And it's a season wow. two episode. It's a season two episode of Clone Wars called Grievous Intrigue, um, which I and it aired January first, twenty ten. Go figure. And so I did a little bit of a double feature there, kind of spanning the decade. Every episode of Clone Wars opens with a little bit of wisdom. The opening of that episode, the face of Star Wars presented the decade. For everything you gain, you lose something else. Uh, which, you know, hey, a lot of, uh, perhaps potential wisdom in that, in terms of... A lot of truth in that. ...going into a decade where we thought we'd have no Star Wars, and then we were inundated with Star Wars, and now we were getting a whole lot of Star Wars, and there are good and bad things to that, but, uh, that was the face that Star Wars presented to the world as of January Grievous 1st, 2010. Grievous Intrigue. Grievous Intrigue, and now that Disney Plus is out intrigue. there, and, and Clone Wars is a lot more accessible... It's a really solid um, intro episode to that series. If you haven't really watched Clone Wars yet, fairly standalone. It's a two-parter, but you can watch that episode on its own. It's the first part of it, and it entails uh, Jedi Master Eeth Koth being captured by General Grievous, and Anakin, Obi-Wan, and Adi Gallia launching a rescue plan. It's very exciting, and there's a, a lot of... Great animation and solid action and a lot crammed into 22 minutes in that episode. Um, it's a good one. And it leads into one of my favorite Clone Wars episodes, The Deserter. So, yeah, if you're looking to do that sort of uh, dorky double feature, now you know. Did you want, Did you read the comic that puts an end to Eeth Koth? Explains uh, what happened to him and how he... Uh, avoided Order 66 and then didn't avoid it? I'm not sure. Okay. I don't think. When do, is it? Is it Disney canon? Yeah, I believe so. Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, if it's not the, and you read, you read the Vader comic, so I'm curious which, There's um. There's an looking fella in the Vader comic. I wasn't sure. I didn't think it was him. Oh, and is it, is it like during like po? It's like when he's still hunting Jedi. Maybe there's a there's yeah. a Zabrak that shows up, and there's a Siege of Moncala arc in the the second volume of the Darth Vader comic that that Charles Soule wrote. But I don't know that he's supposed to be Eth Koth or not. No, a- no, no. There's like a separate storyline of Eth Koth does the plot to what. Um, Oh my gosh, what's the character's name? The one that's like flirts with the dark side but doesn't quite go 
that they only give Quinlan Voss. They take his Quinlan Voss's story from Legends and give it to Eeth Koth of having a kid and then that then getting discovered and stuff like that. Curious. Very curious. Yeah, I don't know. Um Eeth Koth is he is in Attack of Clones and then I guess he's he is not in Revenge of the Sith, but is replaced by an identical more or less mm-hmm. in terms of alien species. It's the same exact type of alien, horns and like long hair. They uh, do that like three times right. with, with the Jedi. Like they do that with um Adi Gallia and mm-hmm. whoever Adi Gallia. Oh, she's the one that Adi Gallia is not the one that dies in Clone Wars, or is she? I forget. Well, I'm not going to tell you because I don't want to spoil anything for your listeners that haven't watched Clone Wars, but I do know the answer, and aren't I cool for that? But Eeth Koth is a guy who. Uh, Initially, it's just sort of implied, I guess, died on the Battle of Geonosis. You don't see him die on screen, importantly. Um, but he's in Attack of the Clones on the Jedi Council, and then he is replaced on the Jedi Council by the guy who looks exactly like him that Palpatine kills in uh, his office. So, in the in the bonus features for this episode, previous intrigue, um, Dave Filoni talks about wanting to do Eeth Koth, but Eeth Koth is presumed dead, but they don't see him die on screen. And so mm-hmm. he goes to George Lucas and says, Hey, George, can Eeth Koth be alive? And I always liked that quote. Um, it was a good app. It was a good app. I enjoyed watching it. So, that's interesting. Um, I thought we were going to do a 2020 look ahead, but I guess we can push that off a little bit. Great. Um, this was an episode... Well, actually, do you have anything else before we get into this episode? Update on Revenge of the Sith. I'm in hard bargaining right now in terms of my stages of grief. Rise of Skywalker. Oh, yeah, sure, whatever. Uh, And that's entailed um, some notes I'm taking on on my version of of my my episode 9. So that's that's been fun. Uh, Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Um, I just want to make a note about the people that are really, really upset about Rise of Skywalker. Oh, hi. Um, I don't know if you're like at that quite that level. Mm. Um, I'm talking about the people that are just so upset that it's kind of shaking their like love of the franchise. And it's mm. just like super sad to kind of see that. Um, yeah. yeah. Which is like a different thing from the people that really, really hated Last Jedi, I feel like. You know, like, the people that were like, this ruined my my um, childhood, or this is completely terrible. The backlash that Rise of Skywalker is getting is kind of a, a different level of hatred and depression that I'm just, I just feel really bad for the people that are, you know, so into this franchise that are kind of having to go through that. Yeah, and I mean, without being too dismissive of those feelings, as I'm sure people are feeling very differently, I do have to think that a lot of them will move past that. I mean, it is still very early days, and I still, like, will just be driving around or going through my day, and then I'll remember something for that movie, and I'll be a little disappointed. But we, I mean, look, grievous intrigue, baby. For everything you gain, you lose something else. Um, And we... Star Wars and like Marvel and like we're we're moving into an era where 
like these brands are becoming genres unto themselves. I mean, you know, in, in 2010, when this Grievous Intrigue episode came out, that was mm-hmm. the Star Wars that week. And that was the Star Wars for that year, was Clone Wars. And that was it. And week to week, you had Clone Wars. And sometimes it was a, you know, filler episode, filler. so to speak. Um, and that was what you got. And we're just, we're not, it's not, it's not that way now. And it won't be for some time. I mean, the within the seven-day period that Rise of Skywalker came out, you know, we also had an episode of the Mandalorian, episode of Star Wars Resistance, you know, it's, there's, there's really no end in sight. And the wider that amount of content gets and the wider the story gets, it's inevitable that we're just going to get to a point where people have the things they like and they have the things they don't like. It's becoming more like a Star Trek. And you hear Star Trek fans talk about the shows they love and the shows they hate. And um, just with that amount of content, uh, there's yeah, there's going to be stuff for everyone. And there's probably going to be stuff everyone hates. I think at this point, you're going to be hard-pressed to find someone who adores every scrap of Star Wars. I mean, I myself, am, it's just I'm not a book guy. The books aren't for me. I just can't get into them. Um, and, you know, some people just are never going to be able to get in Rise of Skywalker or, you know, any, any little facet of it, but there's just, there's going to be such a deluge of it, you know, that I can't, like, I'm not, I don't begrudge the Marvel Cinematic Universe Iron Man 2, you know, not that that's mm-hmm. even my least favorite, but, because there's just, there's so much, it's such a insane tapestry at this point, so hopefully people who are feeling uh, betrayed and distraught over, over Rise of Skywalker will come to see that it represents a sliver of a much wider picture and i mean as angry as i am at some of those decisions i don't it, it hasn't really retroactively tainted anything for me i mean it has quite frankly made me appreciate last jedi all the more um interesting yeah that's yeah, it's still tempers are still hot tempers are still hot for sure well speaking of end in sight we actually are at we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, even though we don't want to. Dude, for I know. Resistance. I looked at the schedule. Yeah. The... We're in the last month. It's crazy. There's going to be two, like, two-parters, it sounds like. It is So it will all be wrapped up the last weekend of January. January 26th. So we and... will be completely done with Star Wars Resistance. Yeah. And we will be in the unknown chapter of... Oh my gosh, we have to fill so many episodes. Dude, who even knows? Like, I guess just until fall 2020? Well, they so they we'll talk about oh, the Mandalorian well, on Pedro Boys, but I assume Clone Wars is going to come out before yeah. that. That's tentatively in February. But yeah, so our January uh, 30th there will be our last uh, coverage of, of Star Wars Resistance. I mean, episode to episode. And it, looking at the schedule, it looked like that episode on the 26th and then one other week in January, they were going to double up episodes. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're really uh, rushing toward the end there. I guess it does sort of seem to set the stage for Clone Wars to premiere in February. Yeah, um... I think so. I guess so. And they had I feel like in the past there's been a decently quick turnaround in animated shows ending and then the next one being announced. I can't mm-hmm. imagine we'll have to wait till August at Celebration. And I, assume at, I, I assume in August we'll be able to at least get a trailer 
or concept art for what comes after Resistance. Yeah. Would be my guess. Boy, I don't even know. But it's also really weird because D23 and Celebration are so close together. Oh, when's D23? Isn't it always in August? Yeah. Yeah. So having something announced then and then you have your, you know, flagship Star Wars event three weeks later, a month later, makes Mm -hmm. the timing of that. And then Disney, or at least Star Wars, does not have a a presence at San Diego Comic-Con. I think they just showed Stormtroopers from the last 40 years. Was that the thing last year? they... But two years ago, right when we started this podcast, it was in San Diego that they announced that Clone Wars was coming back. Really? Okay. So, so can't egg, that. egg on my face. Yep. But we are Poe Boys on a schedule here. Poe Boys on a schedule. Poe Boys on a schedule. Let's get to it. Po boys the first on thing a of the decade to the last thing of the decade, season two, episode 13, Breakout. Not Missing Asian Part 2. Breakout. Hmm. Uh, picking up where we left off last week with Kaz and uh, Nor 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 Vos Norath Norath Norath. Right away from the First Order, we see that big giant explosion at the end of last episode, which apparently did nothing to anyone. Mm-hmm. Sonara and Yeager were captured by the First Order by good old Axe to Grind. I gotta tell you, I think that Axe to Grind, voiced by Joe Manganiello. Does not sound as tough as just Joe Manganiello. Yeah, I mean, in a fight between Axe to Grind and Joe Manganiello, who are you going to take? Joe Manganiello, every time. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, so, they launch a plan to bust out Sonara and Yeager by dressing up as neck-bearing stormtroopers. You get some interrogation with uh, Tierney and Yeager, kind of playing mind games regarding Tam. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. They dress up like stormtroopers. They sneak in. They get them out. There's some cool space stuff. There's a good amount of uh, action. Not as much as last time in terms of like fighting. I really liked the fight scenes. I'm not a I'm not a one issue viewer. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I don't got a fight scene quota. Those fight scenes last week were really good. I did like last week's episode more than this week's episode. But this, I, I mean... Well, it's also... You didn't really... It, it put urgency into the characters. Mm-hmm. And it put desperation in terms of what was happening. And this one is kind of the classic... Alright, let's get some Stormtrooper helmets and then... Walk around a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that the po'boy of the week was um, CB, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, big hero of the day, definitely. Um, I if we we should probably do a filler episode on the top droids okay. of In Star a month, Wars. They're all going to be filler, baby. <laughs> um, I would like to do that. I mean, I I'm not a huge droid guy. I don't know if we've mm-hmm. ever talked about that, but the droids are Twi'leks. Oh my gosh, droids every time. <laughs> uh, droids are Twi'leks. Oh my gosh. <laughs> As, um, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, the one thing I want to talk about is the we're seeing the more vicious side. Like, I was kind of surprised at the violence that the show was portraying in terms mm-hmm. of it being a Disney now 
show, like the torturing yeah. and the like just level of like hopelessness that they were kind of talking about right. was something that I wouldn't expect from watching season one of the show. Well, I'll tell you this major step down from the violence in Clone Wars. A lot of droids, but I mean, there's just straight up like headshots, clones taking it to the dome, Eth Koth getting electrocuted a bunch. Is uh, yeah, yeah. That's definitely more of a war show than this one. But yeah, they they did go they did go pretty intense, given that this show is usually a little lighter when it comes to that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, the show. I mean, like you were saying, the episode is relatively straightforward. They break them out, then they escape. Yeah, and there's sort of a ticking clock of Doza needing to scram before they catch the Colossus, and will he or won't he? But they come back. Uh, and swoop in at the last minute and rescue him. We get a little bit of the Ace of Spider action there. So, I mean, all things considered, you, we got, you know, some decent humor. You get some sneaking around. You get some oh, torture. Always fun. The you scene, the scene where um, um, Pyre asks for Kaz's uh, ID number. <laughs> and he's the like, highlight of the week for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> X, he stuns uh, him, and then he's like, oh, whoops, I meant to murder him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah <laughs> that was the big one for me <laughs> yeah um that was that was that was really good and the what alien did they break into the, um his house he the fruit looks fruit boy like captain athano's first mate okay yeah all right don't know what kind of alien, but the same type of alien that, that Finn goes off with for, for a moment in Force Awakens there. And the one in Force Awakens has a peg leg. Mm-hmm. I thought that um, some of the Niku humor was pretty good, where he cannot disconnect the idea that Kaz is a stormtrooper, and yeah, that yeah. the stormtrooper armor protected him. Yeah, he's I like, never seen stormtrooper armor protect anyone <laughs> from anything. Um, that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, the one interesting note that I was thinking at the end of that episode was mm-hmm. the idea that Doza and them aren't part of the resistance. Right. That. Right. Yeah, he did do it for the for the resistance. That they they still like that. They have not bought into being part of the resistance, even though they're being hunted down, which is interesting because you think that once they're hunted down for so long, they would just naturally join. The resistance, but it seems like still Kaz is the only one that is an official member of the resistance. Yeah, which I guess just further confuses me in terms of big picture what is going on, what is the Colossus doing other than floating around in space? Because we also get, yeah, we get Norath telling Kaz, hey, why don't you come back with me to the resistance? You know, come back with me to this other entity. This is not that. We're going to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kaz says no, uh, which I got hung up on for a half a second there. But I think Kaz does feel a sense of responsibility in that, you know, whether his fault or not, he played a role in the lot the Colossus is currently mm-hmm. in. Um, that being said, I think Star Wars Rebels did, without giving away anything, uh, did a fantastic job and made a very compelling um, argument for kind of small town heroism, localized heroism, um, in a, in a really compelling way. And I'm, I don't, I don't know that I need that again. 
I'm curious, you know, if that will be something this is leaning towards or, if, you know, if Cavs will abandon the larger cause for this smaller group or not. I don't know. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting little tag on the episode that definitely made me think about so, where his character's at. Norath, uh, voiced by David Diggs, mm-hmm. the thing that he found was a list of sympathizers, like resistance sympathizers or first oh, order. Remember, was it first order sympathizers? Oh, it was. Yeah, it was. It was black market merchants. I think that are selling in the first order. That are selling to the first order. I'm, or something like yeah, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Because that's why he was in cahoots with that hooligan merchant from last week that sold him out. Fred Armisen. There we go. Yeah. So Fred Armisen, I'm really curious. How many SNL people are in Star Wars now? Yeah, they're definitely trickling in. It's, I mean, it's at least three, which just seems Karen like... Karen Killam was in an episode of Resistance it's at least, earlier this It's season. at least four, yeah. which is more than I had previously thought 15 seconds ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got yeah. no problem with that, but, like, can we throw Bill Leslie Hader Jones in? Can we throw BB-8? Maya Rudolph in? Yep. Vader Immortal, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. One of them's actually in that, too? Five? Where's Keenan Thompson? Oh, my gosh. I think Keenan Thompson has his own show, so he's too big for small-time Star Wars animation. Yeah, I guess. Um, well, I'm curious. I'll have to... Well, I'm not going to rewatch for a while. But I'm curious <laughs> if what the connection is, if there is going to be, like, a payoff for um, Norath getting that information, right? Like, is mm-hmm. that information that helps up to Rise of Skywalker, or is it just uh, something yeah. that, like, you know, puts the story, that continues the story a little bit? Because mm-hmm. I'm starting to think, did they produce some episodes thinking they were, they were going to get a season three? And then there's certain episodes that they know to close the series. I mean, I don't think we'll ever get a straight answer mm-hmm. on it. They seem like they're they're painting the picture that they knew this was a story they wanted to tell, and it was two seasons. I'm inclined to believe them because I mean, I don't know why not. They've always they've always sort of kept resistance a little further away from the spotlight than other animated shows. It always has seemed to be treated. A little different than Clone Wars or Rebels. To be fair, Mm -hmm. those came out in a time where there was a little less Star Wars. But, I mean, Rebels got, you know, big giant spotlight, big panel, you know, the the big morning slot at Celebration. And Resistance kind of pushed to the side a little bit, even with a five-day schedule. Um, So, I can't... Mm -hmm. To my mind, it seems like they perhaps always knew that this was a smaller story. Maybe to tide over eager fans like us between uh, Solo and, and the debut of The Mandalorian and stuff like that. So, Josh, do you have anything else um, for this episode in particular? They got active tracking or what? Who cares? I don't know. Has Last Jedi happened? Who cares? Whatever. That's all I got. I want every single uh, First Order character to die. Mm-hmm. I want Pyre gone, as does Kaz. <laughs> um, I want Tierney to suffer a terrible fate. And who, oh whoever Tam, that woman that was 
um, Tam's flight officer. Mm-hmm. How is how does Tam not get deployed? Like when they're chasing down the the transport, oh, I think those three are gone, and then they send out like what three squadrons, and then half of them run into the Colossus. So what? I think what is her level at this? Is, I think her. Tyranny, I think, is actively manipulating Tam and is counting on her turning back to her better angels. So I think every I, I don't think Tam gets any assignment without Tyranny pointing her in that direction. And I think Tyranny is purposely not, you know, deploying her against the clauses yet, because I think she's counting on Tam to defect back to the Colossus, mm-hmm. and when she does so, using that to get to the Colossus. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's a Disney show, so you know that Tam's going to defect at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is her defecting as bad as her um, joining the First Order? Presumably. <laughs> um, and we are, at least, we are both on the not believing the joining the First Order bit for her. Um, I mean, I believe her initial compulsion to, but that she's still there. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, they haven't done that character any favors, unfortunately. So, episode 14, which is our first episode of the of 2020, first Star Wars mm-hmm. content of the decade, is, big day is the Mutiny. Oh. Kragan buys a secret weapon to capture the Colossus and take over. Oh, good! When Sonara discovers this plan, she tries to warn Kaz and crew, but it may be too late. Well, I like Sonara. I'm pretty over Kragan and the pirates. So. Pretty over? I don't think you ever liked Kragan. No, I like his pirate ship. <laughs> um, that's like where you like the your friend because of their dog or pet, but you don't like them. Yeah. Or like yeah, growing up as a kid, where you're like, yeah, I really, I don't really like this kid, but he has a Nintendo 64. And he mm-hmm. has Star Fox, so we're friends for now, until yeah. Christmas when I get something better. Yeah. Um. So that's that one. So we're zooming through um, January with Resistance, and then we'll see. Yeah, I think we're getting like six episodes in a month. Yeah. So, so we'll see what's going on after that. Um. Then we'll be hashtag filler boys. For the foreseeable oh future, future. Oh boy. So, yep. um, if you want to reach us, poboyspodcast at gmail.com, at poboyspodcast on Twitter. I think we might start a YouTube account. It seems relatively Great. easy because we have a Gmail anyway. Because um, it says on you know Podbean, boost your listeners by 300%. And right now we're on a surge of downloads, so like 300% on that surge. We might be the biggest podcast out there. I don't know. If, yeah, on the planet. If Podbean is correct, that we can boost it by 300% of what we're currently getting, I I don't know. I kind of want to be able to walk outside and not have the paparazzi after me all the time, so I haven't really decided if we're going to do that. But if we do, you're going to see us a lot more out in the public sphere. Sure. So... Um. Yes. And as as Pete said, we did have we did have a bit of an uptick this past month in our listenership. That's very cool. Thank thank you for that. We did churn out like more than double the amount of episodes we normally do. But oh, yeah, I mean, the that fact too. that the <laughs> listenership went up with that means that 
the people who regularly listen listened to all of those, even amongst the holidays and all the new excitement. So, you know, that's pretty cool. I'm feeling pretty good about that. Thanks, I guess. Bye. Yeah.